0: Hello, and welcome to World in Focus, the podcast for making sense of the complex world around us. I'm your host, Nick, and with my background in history and philosophy, we'll try to make sense of the senseless so we can walk through life with a little more confidence and understanding. This week, we will finally be releasing the audio from my interview with Mayor Matthew Turk of Allentown, Pennsylvania. It is Pennsylvania's third largest city, and it aims to, I hope, explore a little bit of the personal side to politics. As many of us know who pay attention to politics, so much of it revolves around policy and just pretty much yelling about everybody else other than themselves. And we know very little about who they are as people. So this interview, I hope, will shed some light on the person before the politics that became Mayor Matthew Turk. Now a quick aside before we cut into the audio directly I just want to mention that it is the raw audio from my interview. It's brief it's only about 15 to 20 minutes and it is entirely unedited as that would be unfair to both myself and him and the conversation that we had. I wanted it to be very honest and forthright and that's what it is. So the quality is what it is it was recorded with different equipment so hopefully it comes through coherently and we're not talking over each other. So without further ado Let's cut into it. So, I mean, I know we just talked about the language thing. You were born in uh, East Troudsburg, mm-hmm. and then you moved to Colorado. Mm-hmm. How old were you when you moved there?
1: I went, so I was born in 1975. My family moved in 1984, so I was nine years old. I was nine. I was, like, a, you know, as a nine-year-old, you're, I was finishing third grade. I was like, it was, like, 1984. The, you know, I was a big Phillies fan. And uh, you know, growing Eagles fan. You know, I was excited by Dr. J and Moses Malone. And I moved to this town, Boulder, Colorado, that I didn't know anything about. It was near Denver, so like we got, we had no baseball fan or no baseball team. So all of a sudden, like this Eagles or this Phillies fan had no baseball at all in his backyard. Uh, like the Broncos had just drafted John Elway, so I was getting John Elway jammed down my throat. Like people said, you know, in Colorado said things like pop instead of soda. That it was just like total culture shock for me. And it was like, it was very jarring, right? Like I was, I had this strong Pennsylvania identity in third mm-hmm. grade at that time in 1984. Like you you do like your Pennsylvania section. So like I learned to spell Monongahela. Oh. And I always felt like, Like these are key skills that are valuable in Pennsylvania and not very very valuable elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And I just like, I moved to Colorado and just put on like the armor of being a Pennsylvania kid. Okay. But over time, like learned, I think it was good. It was really good to get out of East Stroudsburg at that Mm -hmm. time. Um, We'd come back every summer. Uh, My grandparents still lived in East Stroudsburg. we'd come back and you know, play with our friends and kind of reconnect with our, our place here. Um, but over time, like my grandparents, instead of us coming out here, they'd come to, to Colorado. Okay. So we, we maintain the connection always for, you know, my grandparents having been being here and a lot of my other family members being here. And when I graduated from high school, like the first thing I did was just move back to Eastern Pennsylvania. I moved to, to Philadelphia. I had this dream of like, you know, as I loved, I, I liked Boulder, or I, I don't know if I liked Boulder. I was, a, I was a kid, I was in high school in Boulder, like everybody when they graduate from high school are just like, get me the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. And wherever it is, right, it can be the greatest place on earth, Allentown, and you graduate from high school and you're like, I wanna go anywhere, and I think later on in your Life, you might learn, like, is actually kind of a cool place, mm-hmm. but I wanted to get out of Boulder. But I was a city guy, like, I liked what I knew about the urban form from being in Boulder, and so I wanted to move back to Pennsylvania, and I wanted to move to Philly, and my uncle was living right near Rittenhouse Square. It was August of 93, I moved to Philadelphia, stayed with my uncle for a couple of weeks, and, and, started this like grand new experiment in Philadelphia, which didn't last long. I was there for, I think I I lived in Philly for, I moved back for Thanksgiving, I think. I had rented a room in a house in West Philly. I had like weird roommates that, I I didn't know what I was doing. So I ended up moving back to Boulder, working at a Toys R Us, while I got like my priorities straight and then and my but my mom and my brother knew that I wanted to be back on the east coast. Mm-hmm. My brother filled out an application to Rutgers Camden for you for or for me. Wow. And sent it in and I remember and they they used my address. I didn't have any knowledge of it, but I I got a letter saying you've been accepted to Rutgers Camden. And I was like, "Oh, I guess this is what I can do now." So I went
0: to So what was it like going to Jersey? I'm from Jersey, so there's a whole my whole life. What city? Um, I grew up in a really small town in the the northwest part, Uh uh, pretty close to the Pennsylvania border. Actually, less than two thousand people, Uh and it's the size of the island in Manhattan. So it was really small. In high school, people they only ever just like partied in the
1: cornfields. Well, so that was so I so I grew up in East Stroudsburg, literally on the river, right? Mm -hmm. So like you could swim. From uh, so I say I East Strasburg, the, but I was in Minnesink Hills. Yeah. So so Middison Hills is like up the up from Delaware Water Gap. Mm-hmm. Like you could swim across to New Jersey. And growing up as a kid, like we just had this like totally neg attitude on New Jersey. When I moved to um, to go to Rutgers, I was okay with Rutgers Camden. I, I knew nothing about Camden, mm-hmm. and this is like 1994 Camden when it was really really rough. It's still um, pretty rough. It's, but it's, it's gotten rough. better, but um, I moved there to go to school, and the, you know, my I remember my my aunt and uncle who live in like Doylestown now picked me up at the airport, and they're like, "We're really taking you to Camden? Like, <laughs> you're going to Camden?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to school." It's like, and it and I would go like you could get on the Patco and go across the Ben Franklin Bridge, and be in Philly, so it was still like, I was going to, I'm a punk rocker, I would go to like punk shows in Philly and started to build my network there and Mm -hmm. eventually moved to Center City. I lived at Tenth and Locust and was still going to Rutgers Camden and, uh, and then eventually transferred to Temple. So it was like, this was like an extended, it's like, oh, I'm back in Philly. I worked at a comic book store. I was part of the punk scene. I was part of a punk band there. And, but I was, my heart was somewhere else. And like, literally, like I was in love with someone that I had gone to high school with, the person who's now my wife, but she was, Karen, was living in Bellingham, Washington. And I was at Temple, I was in a band, I was kind of like not really feeling what I was studying. I was a film and media arts major, and I, I thought I was, getting into it because I liked movies a lot, mm-hmm. but it turned out that like the major was really more like production, and I was right. more of a critic. And so I was kind of like struggling with production, didn't really love being at Temple, and I was in love with this woman who was like living on another coast, and I was like, F it. And I tore my ACL jumping oh, off wow. a piano, um, like playing in the punk band. <laughs> and so I was like, I couldn't get to, get to school Things were just like flaming out, and I was like, "Why? I'm just gonna pull up roots and move to Washington. Like, I'm just moving in with Karen." And it was like a major, drastic change. Like, you know, being on the West Coast, I tried to be a Mariners fan. <laughs> Didn't work out. I still have a soft spot for... That was for, back when uh,
0: Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey still played Jr., for them, Jay pretty. Right?
1: Alex Rodriguez, Randy Johnson. So, oh man, how could you not be a Mariners fan We, we went to there. the Kingdom. I got to see a game at the Kingdome. Um, but so I moved out there and worked at... I, I dropped out of college, worked at a record store, and, um, and did that for a couple of years. And then my wife finished her she was studying environmental science at western washington university and she wanted to go to grad school and she was i was like by that point like we would lived together for a couple years and was like i'm gonna follow you ever, anywhere and she ended up going to the college of charleston to get a, to pr- pursue a master's in marine biology and i was like well I'm back, like we're back in a college environment. Like I'm gonna move to Charleston, I don't know. This is another like drastic change, right? Mm -hmm. Like West Coast back to East Coast, like Seattle area back to like, one of the oldest cities in the country. And I took the opportunity to enroll at the College of Charleston. I was like, why don't I go back to school? And I enrolled. I didn't know what I was doing. I knew that I kind of like, based on my experience managing the record store, I was like, well, I guess I like business. So I got a degree in international business. Was that more entertaining for you than the uh, than the film? Yes. So I was because I liked the the international business. I was into. I was interested in management. I was interested in the science of business, from like managing inventory at the record store, mm-hmm. and. And the international side, like I, at that point, I had studied French in junior high school. I did like a semester of Spanish at Temple and they had a Spanish, I, I was like, I'll do international business. You had to minor in like a language. So I decided to minor in Spanish and then do another minor in Latin American and Caribbean studies. And I was like, I'm going to study Spanish now and get to know what the place where my grandmother was from. My grandmother's uh, originally from Cuba. And, uh, and I just dove in and had a great time. I studied abroad in Cuba. I excelled, I graduated summa cum laude from Calder Charleston as an older student, but mm-hmm. I did very, very well as so a student. So that was a big
0: change for you then, right? Um, being, was it hard being like the older student in a lot of your classes?
1: I was, so I was already, I had taken a gap year, so I was kind of a little bit older already. Um, My, uh, I would say like, it wasn't too hard. My my relationships were mostly with my wife's, Mm -hmm. at that point she wasn't my wife, but we'd get married later. Um, They were mostly with my wife's colleagues at the, in the master's program. So most of my, I wasn't hanging out a ton with my fellow students in the business program. I was spending some, I had some friendships in the Spanish side. I worked at another record store in Charleston, so I got to know the record store music scene folks a little bit, but I mostly spent time with marine biology okay. folks. Yeah. The um, Business students are a particular type. I studied
0: uh, economics at mm-hmm. TC&J, and then I switched to a uh, philosophy and history. Oh, really? so. well, I,
1: and that was, the, the thing that spoke to me in business was, so I went in with this interest in management, but I really, like, got deeply interested in economics, mm-hmm. right? Like, economics to me was, was super interesting. It was a description of the way that people live their lives, and there, there's just a lot of Frameworks that were helpful to me in understanding the way that the world worked. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably had some exposure to
0: that. Prior Economic to theory up. was my favorite part. All I right. ended up switching because I was not good at the high end statistics, uh-huh. which was required. So I had to. I love I the statistics part of it, but I also
1: fundamentally loved like I was interested in the economics of urban environments, right? Like how do we come together in cities? So they, I had that love of cities. I ended up doing an internship at the Chamber of Commerce in Charleston. And it was right around, um, it was when globalization was still kind of fresh-ish. Um, but I got really interested in economic development. And that's what, you know, ultimately I, my, I finished the international business degree. I got an, M, I was encouraged by my department, um, or by my advisor to get an MBA, an international MBA from University of South Carolina, which is a pretty well-regarded international business program, that led me to um, working in Nicaragua. I lived in Managua as part of as an internship. Um, it led me to ultimately getting a job. I, I focused on international economic development within my MBA program, but my job was in Panama. So. Weirdly enough, I still had that, like, my wife and I got married, Um, we were living in South Carolina, I was doing the, the, she finished her master's in marine biology, I was doing my MBA at the University of South Carolina. We were looking and loved South Carolina a lot, but I still had that bug, like I still was, like, I'm a Pennsylvania guy, right? Like I went back to that, like, whether I was in Bellingham or I was in Charleston, or in Boulder, I was like, I'm that Pennsylvania guy. And when I finished my MBA program, there was a company who was headquartered of all places. They had a small office in Bangor, Pennsylvania, and they, but the operation was in Panama, and they were looking for somebody who understood Central America, and I'd lived in Nicaragua, so I understood Central America. They were looking for somebody that they phrased, they, they said we need somebody who's cool, I didn't know exactly what that meant at the moment, but it turned out that it meant somebody who could not just be in Central America, but could talk to municipal officials, municipal officials who were going to try to bribe you, (laughs) and and so they needed somebody who could like withstand a municipal official asking for bribes, um, which turned out to be me, and that was like I was just kind of like weirdly unflappable. But so I took that job in part because my grandparents were still living in East Stroudsburg and I wanted to be near my grandparents, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to be, I I didn't wanna live in East Stroudsburg by any stretch of the imagination. Bangor was not quite a city in my mind, so I ended up, my wife and I ended up living in Allentown. And honestly, like in all honesty, I love Allentown, but at that time I only had this Philly and East Stroudsburg perception of Allentown, which was like, this place in the middle of nowhere where, like, it's not even properly a city. And when I got here, I was like, oh, wow, this is this is different. And I got really sucked in. And I fell, in, I fell deeply, deeply in love with the city of Allentown. And the plan initially was, like, we'll be here for three years, and then we'll, like, springboard to Philadelphia. And that was 19 years ago, and we've never looked back.
0: What was... Um Maybe like one or two specific things that really sucked you, and like what did you find here that was that's really cool?
1: La Placita, the taco place on 12th and Turner, okay. which is you're going right to write that down for me. That's, later. It, it was right around the corner from. We lived at 11th and Linden, and we had my my oldest kid was born at St. Luke's on 17th and Hamilton, and we had so we were a young couple with a new baby, and. We're exploring our, our neighborhood. And this is when, you know, Hesse's I think had just been demolished. Um, we would walk all the time to La Placita. There was a Thai place at 12th and Linden, Cal Thai. Um, there was this kind of, this surprise to me about like how diverse Allentown was, right? Like all of these cultures that were starting to change the way that you live the life of a city. So that was really exciting to me um, we I loved the you know it's, Allentown's like a proper city it's laid out like a grid like you can walk everywhere um there's just there's something <clears throat> you look at cities around the country and you when you're when you're traveling around you just look for authenticity right you look for a place where it's like there's some genuine like the place is genuine and Allentown like from the moment you set foot here it's I always talk about Allentown as being really hard to describe to somebody who hasn't been here, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so if you, you know, one of my favorite things is the Allentown Farmer's Market. And when you try to tell somebody and you say like, okay, this is a thing you're gonna love, right? And they haven't been here and you say, it's a place where there are 80-year-old women haggling at three o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday over the price of meat that's about to be unsellable and you're drinking hot chocolate and eating hot dogs, and it's packed, and it's like, it's in an old building next to a kind of racetrack or sort of fairgrounds. Like, you can't possibly describe it to somebody, but when you bring them to the market and you're in that environment, it's like, this is heaven. Like, this is exactly what I want, and it's just very, like, real, right? Like, we are the real deal, and people, when you t- When I travel the country when, and I eventually like so I ended up working in economic development here in Allentown after Panama and then regionally for the whole region, and so I spent a lot of time. My job was to promote this place as a as a place to make investments by private sector firms. When you travel around the country, and it still happens now, I tell people about Allentown, and they're like, you know they can't give you a blank stare, and they don't know exactly they're like, okay." I, I think you've heard of the Billy Joel song. I think like it's it's in Pennsylvania. My guess is that like they all think that it's on the western half of the state. Everybody thinks that Allentown is actually like near Pittsburgh. <clears throat> like in Pittsburgh, yeah. right. And and you tell people like, no, 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 it's like like we're the third largest city in the state. And they're like, oh that they didn't know that. You tell them that they're a majority Latino city, and they're like, what? That's Allentown? And then you tell them that you're like an hour and a half from New York, and they're like completely surprised, right? They just they can't contextualize Allentown because they, they know something about this city that's just no longer true, right? They know about Allentown that Billy Joel was writing about in 1982. and But when they get here, like if you can get them to come here, they're like completely blown away. Everybody who comes to see us, to, to talk with us about Allentown or get involved, like they absolutely love it here. Like this is a place where people who love cities just feel super at home. It is a really genuine place. I've only ever been to maybe
0: two or three places that are like that. Mm-hmm. One is Boston, and every mm-hmm. friend I have of like who's even remotely interested in baseball, I'm like, go to Fenway with me, and we're gonna go to the Flag and Flagon before, and you're you're gonna see a whole new side of people. Yeah, there, there's so much passion. I know that you're you're a big proponent of like bringing industry and business to Allentown, and I know in 2017 you went to Seattle for a. Uh, a conference there, and you said that something about quality of life coming from industry. I was hoping you could talk a little bit about how you think industry breeds quality of life in a uh, in a city or environment.
1: I think that it informs the environment, right? So the, I think places work together that way. So the the reality, and this is was true in twenty seventeen. It was increasingly true in twenty seventeen, and it's really true now. Is that when we work to attract businesses to locate in a place like Allentown, you have to lead with that, that quality of life, that quality of place. Um, already in 2017, we were seeing that people were making decisions about where they were gonna live before they were making decisions about where they were gonna work, right? The, the old model of economic development was bring the factory here, bring the office here, and people will come because they will want to come for the jobs. And already in 2017, and it's really true now, post-pandemic, people are like, you know what? I'll pick where I want to live first, and then I'll figure out the job. And particularly when you can work from anywhere, you have to have places that really speak to what a person's interests are. So we know when I was working for the Economic Development Corporation, We knew that people were most interested in availability and affordability of housing when they're evaluating a place to live and then the availability of healthcare. What is now catapulted to the top of that list is safety in 2023. So LVEDC, the the Economic Development Corporation did the the study again, and they talked to people across the Northeast and they're interested in safe places to live. So it's incumbent upon us now that we build it. It looks like you lost your mic. I'll have to work on that. Um, Technical difficulties. (laughs) Try it. We'll do this. You can always just hold it, too. We're not on video, so. Um, It's incumbent on us as city leaders that we build environments that are safe, that can be attractive to people, and then that there's available housing and that they can afford to live here. Um, It's tricky because the more people want to live here – the higher prices go for apartments and for homes for sale if you're not building to meet the demand right so mm-hmm. people overwhelmingly want to be in Allentown and the Lehigh Valley and we've got to make sure that we can sustain the demand by creating environments that are safe and that have the amenities that people are looking for right like there's authentic places with a good taco place and great Thai food and interesting hummus and great parks and recreational opportunities and jobs but we also have to make sure that we're sustaining as why as we sustain the demand that we're meeting the supply needs as well and that we're able to build housing that's consistent with what people are looking for yeah.
0: i think we're just about reaching our like 20 minutes i'll probably just uh do the put the whole audio on there and so that way it's fair to you know not editing myself for you to look better one way or the other that's that's probably what i'll do
1: i mean i can't i don't i I can if we can i don't know like how you want to wrap up i probably didn't we got to one part of your questions
0: oh that's fine i was just hoping to have a good conversation with you yeah that's that's what i got so that's perfectly happy with me. you asked answered my question about industry uh, which was probably the biggest one um, and you told me a lot about your upbringing, and I think a lot of things that people don't know that you you know, flip-flopped back from uh, always coming back to the East Coast. So I think that was really cool. Yeah. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit with me and talk about it.
1: Thanks for giving me a chance to talk. I mean, this is, I'm I'm really, I love the work that I do. I was with fifth graders and third graders at Central Elementary yesterday, and I got to talk to them about what a mayor does and, you know, what makes a job hard and got to talk you know, with third graders and you always ask, you know, they want to know what your favorite color is, Mm -hmm. what, what sports do you like? Um, uh, but I love the opportunity to talk about this city that I love. And they ask me like what the best part of the job is. And for me, it's always about talking with people about Allentown and about what makes Allentown special. Um, I'm always, you know, I'm always going to, uh, to, to when, whoever I talk to, if I'm in Seattle or if I'm in China or wherever I am, I'm going to tell them about this again. This incredible place where you know you've got the farmers market or talking about the, the parks here, but fundamentally, I'm talking to them about the amazing people that are in Allentown, and we have some really remarkable people with the, and that's what makes us an authentic place. Right? It's not the buildings, it's not the businesses, it's not. The streets or the parks or anything like that—it's the people that live here, and that there's this gen, the, the authenticity and the genuineness comes down to kindness and, and welcoming, and I think that's what makes us a little different. Is we can be rough around the edges, right? Like we're Eastern Pennsylvanians. Yeah, well, East Northeast coast is known for that, so it can be, and we're pretty we're pretty good at it, specifically here in Eastern Pennsylvania and in the Lehigh Valley and in Allentown. But at the end of the day, like we are most we're practical, we're just practical as hell, and we are we're, we're willing to give people a chance as long as they bring their best selves. and that's one of the things that just excites me about this place.
0: It's I've been great talking with you. really thank you. I appreciate it. I really like to get to know the you know, the person behind the politics that yeah. I don't think people really give time for. so Happy I too. really appreciate
1: that. Awesome Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you.